Blog Talk Radio. Join us for the Wellness Journey Live with Linus Woods Mullins. Our program will show you the fun and simplicity of wellness for women over 40 and all the people who love them. You can achieve total wellness through holistic practices, nutrition, fitness, and spiritual renewal. Join us weekly as we talk to the experts in the field of total wellness for your mind, body, and spirit. Here's Linus. from Praise Works and Wellness Woman 40 and Beyond e-magazine. So glad that you're here with us today. I'm excited because it is the beginning of a new month, and no matter when you might be talking, uh, be listening to the broadcast, I mean, no matter when you might be listening to the broadcast, uh, everybody loves new beginnings. And I love the idea that this is the start of a new month, um, new opportunities, uh, new ways to embrace change, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, the possibility of you embracing the change in your life when it comes to how you eat and what you're eating. Uh, today I have with us Lorraine Matthews Antisevich. I hope I did that right. Uh, she is a registered dietitian and nutritionist and a life uh, coach, and she's here with us today to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart because I went through my own journey uh, not too long ago in terms of not eating any sugar, and boy, what a journey that was. So we're going to be talking about that. How do you break up with sugar, and how do you get rid of those nagging sugar and carb cravings? I'm excited to be talking with Lorraine uh, to see if she can give us some tips to help us out. Lorraine, are you there? I am here. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks so much for being on the Wellness Journey Live. I'm excited to talk about this topic because when you think about it, um, all of us, you know, from time to time have suffered with um, changes in our energy level, uh, our, you know, how we're feeling in terms of fatigue, uh, weight gain and things like that. And I know, I guess, common sense will tell us that perhaps sugar has uh, to do a little bit with that. But first, tell us a little bit about you and your background and how you became uh, such an expert when it comes to detoxification and uh, getting rid of sugar in our diet. Well, like you said, I am a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and I have a private practice in New Jersey. My specialty is working with people who are looking to lose weight and just improve their life and health by uh, the way that they eat, and food definitely has a lot to do with that. So over the years, I've done a lot of coaching and counseling with clients one-on-one, and I'm also a nutrition and a health blogger. I have a website. It's njnutritionist.com, and I'm just really passionate about delivering scientifically sound nutrition and health information to people because I strongly believe that eating healthy is not not just about dieting, it's really not about dieting or restricting our food at all, but it's more about nourishing our body with the right foods. And, of course, quitting sugar is a big part of that. Yes, it is. And um, I know when I started my journey with um, quitting sugar, it was um, it probably I probably did not make it easy on myself because I had such um, – strong expectations in terms of my ability to do it. And I backslid a couple of times. I really wasn't uh, as disciplined as I thought I was, and I found out later that I didn't really do it the right way. So before we talk about that, explain to us, what is this thing we have about sugar? Why is it so tough for people to stop eating sugar? Well, 
Well, if you've ever tried to eliminate sugar, I mean, I know you said you have, but anybody out there who's ever tried to cut back or eliminate sugar like yourself knows it's just not easy. And this is due in large part to the fact that we humans have evolved over the years to crave sweet-tasting foods basically as a means for survival. Back in the time um, of our hunter and gather ancestors, ancestors, food was very scarce and their meals were few and far between. So they weren't able to get their food, their hands on food um, on a regular basis like we do. So they, when they did something like berries or honey, they would just gobble it up and whatever wasn't used immediately for energy would be converted to fat and stored just in case they didn't find their next meal in a short um, period of time. So these cravings and our digestive system have been exquisitely balanced over the really millions of years to keep us alive, but things have changed so much in our culture, and you know, although our genetic inclination to crave sweets remains the same, the circumstances of our day-to-day lives are so different in that foods with sugar and fat and salt are just everywhere in the grocery stores. And thanks to modern technology and, of course, genius marketing, um, the refined products are plentiful and they're very seductive. And we're hardwired to crave them because we are you know, um, consuming sweets uh, on a regular basis, and the more we eat, the more we want. That is so true, too, because so much of our food is processed. And for whatever reason, they seem to just the, the manufacturers seem to be addicted to the idea of putting sugar into everything, uh, even when it's not necessary. And you're right. Uh, those hidden sugars uh, make a big difference in terms of people's ability to stop eating sugar completely because sometimes there are there's sugar in some products and we don't even know it and, unless we read right. the labels. Exactly. They don't, they don't taste sweet. I mean, it's, the, the scary thing is that every day the average American consumes about 22 teaspoons of added sugar. That is... 350 calories a day, and if you think about it in terms of a year, it adds up to about 8,000 teaspoons or 150 pounds of sugar in one year. That's nearly four times the recommended amount of six teaspoons per day for women and nine for men. And it's just grown so steadily over the years. I mean, back in the seven, in 1700, the average person was consuming about four pounds of sugar per year. And in 1900, it was 90 pounds of sugar, and now it's 150. What? That's interesting because I know some people are thinking, well, I'm pretty sugarless. I only have two teaspoons of sugar in my coffee. I don't eat uh, donuts or cookies, and I don't ever have dessert. So where else is that sugar coming from? Well, I mean, the obvious source is that we're adding it, but beyond that, there's about um, 50 to 60 different names for sugars that are put into foods, processed foods and beverages. And um, they're all pretty much the same thing for your body. As far as your body's concerned, they're not healthy. So you do need to be a very clever food detective when you're shopping at the grocery store and try not to pay attention to the health claims that are on the front of packages because they're put mm-hmm. there to be seductive and you need to turn the, the package over and look at the back And it's not just words like honey um, or high fructose corn syrup. There are so many other words. As a matter of fact, in my um, sugar detox survival guide, there's actually a list. Hopefully everybody will take a look at it. And you'll see there's over 60 different names for sugar. 
And I want to make sure that everybody knows that if you go to uh, my show page, if you're listening to the show uh, and you're actually looking at the show page, there is a Sugar Detox Survival Guide link that goes directly to um, this program that she has that is wonderful uh, when it comes to helping you uh, detox from sugar in such a way that it will will stick. And we'll talk more about that program in a minute. But I have a a specific um, question to ask you because I think maybe some people think that the only thing that sugar might do to you is cause you to gain weight and give you cavities. But what other ways does sugar impact your health? Oh, my gosh. There's so many different ways that sugar can impact your health. I mean, there's just a long list. The thing that sticks out most for me um, that I make sure to always tell people about is that Sugar can actually cause inflammation in your body, and that inflammation in turn can uh, connect to chronic diseases like heart disease, obesity, as you mentioned, diabetes, even cancer, dementia, and depression. I mean, it's just it's um, amazing what what we can do, what happens to our bodies when we when we overdo it. It can even um, cause aging by making our skin look dull and wrinkled due to a process called glycation which actually damages the collagen and the elastin in our skin. Mm, wow. Now that's depressing. It makes me think twice about uh, that apple pie I had last month. But, <laughs> you, so, you know, you, Linus, you, there, are, there, are, there are ways to make desserts like apple pie without sugar. Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually okay. just made right. one a, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it, it's amazing. Well, what do you use when you're making things without sugar that still seem to have a sweet taste? What kinds of things, ingredients do you use? Well, apples. Apples are so sweet. And uh, that's mm-hmm. exactly what I used in this pie, and I put cinnamon in there, and it was it was really amazing. I will often bake desserts using other types of fruits that are very sweet, like bananas and dates. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I made some brownies the other day that had um, – Unsweetened chocolate in them and dates, and my goodness, they were they were definitely a bittersweet brownie. But at the point when you've given up most of the exceedingly sweet foods, they, something like that would taste really good. I bet, I bet it tastes delicious. I, I love dates, and that is one of the things I like to add when I'm making cookies uh, because I, I really do as much as possible try to cook without any. I haven't had processed sugar even before I broke up with sugar completely. Um, I hadn't had processed sugar in years, and uh, I've done pretty good. I, I still like to have a little aguave here and there, uh, but I've done uh, probably better than the average bear, but I know I can always improve, so. If I was someone that was into sugar, addicted to sugar, but knew I needed to get rid of sugar, what kinds of tips uh, would you share with us or with this person that they could do right now uh, to begin that process of breaking up with sugar? Well, the obvious would be to stop adding sugar and not just talking about the white stuff. We're also talking about all those other uh, ingredients that I was mentioning earlier on the list, the, the 60 different items that are very, very sweet. So just initially, you know, stop adding sugar to your foods and your beverages and re- start to read labels and giving up sugary drinks like soda and even fruit juice, which is just very, very sweet. Eliminating artificial sweeteners is also extremely important because when we drink um, food, drink beverages and eat foods that have aspartame and sucralose, in other words, NutraSweet, Equal, or Splenda, even though they're calorie-free, they're hundreds of times sweeter than natural sugar. And when we consume these regularly, they can dull our taste buds 
for less sweet foods such as fruit and really ramp up the desire for more intensely sweet foods. And another concern with artificial sweeteners is um, that they are chemicals that, are, that affect our body's ability to gauge how many calories we're actually consuming. They provide a sweet taste without any calories, causing us to crave more sweet foods because they're just so sweet. It's virtually impossible to kick the sugar habit. Like I mentioned earlier, the more you eat, the more you want, and it's a vicious cycle, so it's really important to stay away from the artificial sweeteners. Okay, so here's a mantra for you listeners. Just because it's calorie-free doesn't mean that it's sweet-free. <laughs> Absolutely. It Absolutely. Just, and because it can it, just because it's saying that it's sweet-free doesn't mean that it's calorie-free. It's, it's, it's kind of a vicious circle. And, you know, these are some commonsensical things that you're saying, but so many people just don't have the basic information. And as you kind of mentioned earlier, um, our manufacturers, our food manufacturers, haven't been real honest with us about what Not we're doing. Not at all. And that, and we, yes, and, and I was going to ask you about that in particular. Um, what are some of the myths that the manufacturers have put out there about what we're eating when it comes to sugar that really isn't true? Well, they might say For that instance, something is. Yeah, they might say that something is lower in, in sugar or sugar-free, but mm-hmm. like I was mentioning earlier, it it may have uh, artificial sweeteners in it, or it could be higher in um, fat, or it may be made with refined flours. Um, and it's got a long list of, of um, additives and preservatives and colors in it that, you know, just, just not healthy for us. So we need to go for naturally sweet foods, things that, um, you know, we don't have to worry about a package or a long list of ingredients like real wholesome fruits and vegetables that will actually fill us up and um, provide lots of nourishment as well. When we're going through the process of breaking up with sugar, how do we control the cravings? What kinds of tips do you show with your clients to help them with those sugar and carb cravings? Well, I think the first thing that people can begin to do is to eat on a regular basis throughout the day and try to start off every day with a, a balance of, of um, healthy carbohydrate and be sure to include some protein because that's going to maintain a steady blood sugar level throughout the day. So if you combine um, protein with healthy fat, it's going to keep you feeling satisfied and energized longer and and will decrease your cravings so that you resist reaching for those really sweet foods. So an example might be a piece of whole grain toast topped with an egg or some nut butter like almond butter or a piece of cheese. So much better than the traditional starch and sugar combo like a muffin or sweetened cereal because that can just cause the blood sugar to rise rapidly and then it's going to fall again pretty quickly and result in some really hard to resist sugar cravings. So that's one really important thing to do. And then between meals, snack smart. Really use some some strategic snacking to keep your blood sugar in check so that you won't experience cravings between meals. So, again, go for foods that contain some healthy fat and protein like a handful of nuts or a hard-boiled egg or maybe a a couple slices of leftover chicken. Veggies are also a really good option between meals, and people often, you know, look at me funny when I say that. But, yeah, vegetables can be eaten between meals, not just with meals. They have some natural sweetness, and they also contain fiber, so they're very filling, and you can pair them with, some protein to help 
keep you feeling fuller longer. For example, you may be some grape tomatoes with a few um, slices of cheese or some celery with peanut butter. Those are great tips, and I love the idea of the carb combination with protein because that really does work. Listeners, I'm telling you, that really does work. Uh, when I have uh, some whole wheat toast uh, with a, a hard-boiled egg or something like that, I, I, I'm not hungry, and I don't feel the need to snack. And the other thing, the frequency of your meals, um, eating um, – Are do you um, think that they should we should eat at least uh, four to six times a day, or is there a special number involved in terms of uh, helping with this whole sugar craving thing? It's very individual from person to person, and it is kind of a um, – I, I won't call it a myth, but it's a wide, widespread um, um, belief that people should be eating, you know, five or six or more times throughout the day. And what I find with my clients is that it's very individual. I always encourage people to eat at least three times a day because if you don't, it's very hard to get all the nutrients that you need. Um, but you don't have to be a snacker necessarily. If, if you do want a snack, that's fine too. You're just going to have to adjust the portion sizes of your meal so that you're getting the right amount of calories. But eating three times a day or four or five times a day, it's fine. There's it's Whatever feels right to you, both of those things can work very well. Now, we talked a little bit about the, how the intake of sugar can impact our weight loss. How does it impact our mood swings? And that's how we feel in general emotionally. I think that's huge. So many people that have gone through my Everyday Sugar program and also people that post on my Sugar-Free Challenge Facebook group are always commenting about this and about how they feel so much better when they get off of sugar, you know, emotionally and mentally. And I think that, um, well, I know that the reason why is because Surges in blood glucose and insulin levels can wreak havoc on the body. When we're constantly taking in really sweet foods and our blood sugars go up and then they they bottom out again, that can definitely result in feeling fatigued and people complain about brain fog and irritability and just generally being in a really bad mood. And and, uh, so many people tell me how much nicer they are to be around when they get off sugar. And I was thinking as you were saying that, you're talking about some of the myths. And, and here's, here's a myth that maybe you can help dispel right now. Uh, is there any difference between brown sugar, raw, raw sugar, and white sugar? Probably. No, not really. No. Bottom line is no. They're all basically the same thing, and the body will view them in, in the same way. And that's a great question because people will say to me all the time, you know, but I don't, I don't eat sugar. I eat brown sugar or I have honey or... <laughs> You know, I eat agave or, or you know, one of those other sweeteners, and there's so many of them out there now. And, you know, some are a little bit better, but when it comes to brown sugar or raw sugar or white table sugar, they're, they're one and the same thing. They're going to have the same effect on the body. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. I um, I, I laugh when... I, some of my friends are like, oh, Menace, we're, we're using brown sugar now. And I'm like, no, it's mm-hmm. still, it's still not a salt. Still it's still sugar. It's, it's yeah, sugar it's with a little sugar. molasses added to it, so it looks brown. Exactly, really, for color. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Now, for those of us who like a cup of coffee in the morning, I do. I have my one cup of coffee in the morning after I wake up and have my lemon water and 
do my yoga and all this stuff that I do, and I'd like to have a cup of coffee. Now, some people are used to having a cup of coffee uh, coffee sweetened. What can they do to maybe still have a cup of coffee but get rid of that need to, to sweeten it? What, what's, what's a good substitute? It's so funny how important that is to people. I get that question almost every day. <laughs> people love their coffee. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Are you loving the coffee for the flavor of coffee or because you like the sugar high? That, that's, I think, what we need right. to think about. And, yeah, it is difficult to get off of uh, sweetened coffee, but I think gradually weaning your way off of it and a great replacement to make the coffee taste good. Some people will put a few drops of vanilla extract in there, or you can use another type of extract. There's pumpkin spice extract out now because the fall is here and people love that. Also, you can add milk. Milk is sweet, just naturally sweet. It's got lactose in it, which is a natural sugar. And, you know, if we get rid of the sugar and the artificial sweeteners, our taste buds would be able to once again taste the sweetness of milk. Sometimes people want to put a little half and half, and um, that can be just enough to make the coffee taste okay. But I think cinnamon, vanilla extract, and milk are um, some great combinations for coffee. Yes, I, I, I like, especially during this time of the year, cinnamon and a little bit of nutmeg. That's what I put in yes, my coffee. Perfect. Um, yeah, great. you have to get rid of that because I used to be one of those, you know, hazelnut sweetener folk, and that mm-hmm. was really bad. And it, and a lot of people think that coffee is bad for you, so they don't drink it at all. But the studies have come out to say that it's not so much drinking coffee that's the issue, besides the caffeine that's in it. It's what we put in our coffee that becomes exactly. the issue. Yeah, all the sweeteners and additives and preservatives and, and non-dairy creamers. You know, I always wondered about that name, non-dairy creamer, because my thought always was, well, then what the heck is in here that makes it look like cream? Right, <laughs> right, right. But it's it's chemical. People will buy it and put it in their sugar. coffee. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah it's real dairy. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I other. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to mention other non-dairy beverages that are not unhealthy for us would be unsweetened soy milk or unsweetened almond milk. Um, so there's, those are some options as well. Yes, I use unsweetened almond milk too. And, and it's interesting because when I first started drinking almond milk about five years ago, I thought I was doing so great because it tasted great. Then I found out later when I broke up with sugar <laughs> that the almond milk I was drinking had sugar in it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I thought almond milk just tasted like that. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. No, not at all. Actually, you could make your own. Um, and if you ever do that, again, you'd realize it's not sweet unless you add sweetener to it. Yes, it is. But it does have a great taste. And I, I feel like so it, much yeah. better. Yeah, I do too. I, I like it. I drink coconut milk. I like almond milk. For someone who is listening to this podcast and they're like feeling overwhelmed and they don't feel like they'll ever be able uh, to 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 do to do this. First of all, tell them a little bit about your sugar detox survival guide and how they can sign up for that program and what it entails. Well, well, I have a program that's coming up. Um, we're actually starting on October seventh. It's called Everyday Sugar Free, and that's a four week program that is basically set up to help people get through the period of time when they're craving foods. Lots of tips uh, on that, and also. Um, meal plans and recipes, we have a whole panel of experts that are going to be available to help people through the four weeks. So I'm really excited about that because the program is pretty much everything you need to know uh, how to start creating a sugar-free eating plan for yourself. 
Okay, and how can they get to that site to register for that program? Um, well, everydaysugarfree.com will take them right to it. Everyday Sugar Free, no spaces, will take them right to the to learn more about the program. And then, of course, I have that um, uh, Sugar Free Detox Guide that there's a link to uh, on the program page for your show that can, people can also access that um, can give them some a little bit more detail about the tips that we talked about today. That's fantastic. So I want to uh, kind of repeat again that uh, Lorraine uh, is part of a great panel of experts that are providing information called, uh, you can go to the site called everydaysugarfree.com. The program starts October 7th. So for those of you who are actually listening on the first day of October, uh, you have a few days. Hurry up and go register for this fantastic program. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be wonderful and will give you lots of support and information on how to detox from sugar in a responsible, results-value-added way, not the way I did it five years ago. <laughs> and also on our show page that's available right now and forevermore, hopefully, is the Sugar Detox Survival Guide. Uh, just click on that link and it will take you directly to Sugar Detox Survival Guide. It is wonderful. I have it myself. And there's lots of great information that we kind of feel like you should know, but we really don't know because we don't talk a lot about uh, detoxing from sugar. We're almost come to the end of the program, but I wanted to ask you um, one last question. What do you think is probably the biggest value add, at least the biggest value add for you once you stop eating sugar? I think it's for most people they're going to lose the weight that they've been wanting to lose for a really long time and start to feel better about themselves. That's what I hear time and again from the people that have quit sugar that I work with. It's just amazing. Um, so it's people aren't thinking so much necessarily day-to-day about how they're improving their health, but what they're really focused on is how they feel about the way they look and how they feel about their energy level. And I think it's just it's been so powerful for me in my practice because I've been in practice for many, many years and something so simple as quitting sugar can have results within within days to make people start to actually feel better about themselves. Their brain becomes clearer. They start to have more energy. And when you feel better, you start to do better. And when you do better, you feel better and kind of just cycles around like that. So I've been amazed personally um, and with my clients about the impact that that change can make. Fantastic. Lorraine, thank you so much for stopping by the wellness journey and sharing all of these wonderful tips on how we can uh, break up with sugar and get rid of those cravings and uh, those carbon sugar cravings. It's been wonderful to have you here today. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Everyone, that was uh, is Lorraine Matthews. Antisevich, and she uh, has a fantastic uh, website where you can find information about not just about breaking up with sugar, but just also uh, ways to eat healthy and let uh, um, uh, the way you eat become a part of your wellness goals because it certainly can make a difference in terms of your overall health. You can find out more about Lorraine and her practice at njnutritionist.com. That's njnutritionist.com. Dot com. And again, she is going to be having um, 
um, a wonderful program starting October 7th along with some other excellent uh, experts in the field of nutrition and eating sugar-free. And that is going to be starting on October 7th. You can go to everydaysugarfree.com. That's everydaysugarfree.com and sign up. So if you're listening to this broadcast and it's still 2015 of October and October 7th hasn't gotten there yet when you're listening to this program, uh, you can uh, definitely take advantage of that and register for a fantastic program. For those of you who are interested in getting something right now or you happen to listen to this program after October 7th, click on the Sugar Detox Survival Guide guide uh, title there on the show page, and it will take you directly to uh, Lorraine's information, her website, and also uh, the survival guide, which has some wonderful tips, tools, and techniques on how you can break up with sugar, uh, get rid of those nagging sugar and carb cravings, and enhance your wellness. Well, thanks so much for tuning into the show. Let me remind you to come visit me uh, on my website, praiseworks.biz, and I'm really excited. I am on Periscope now. I just started scoping about a week and a half ago, and uh, I'm, I'm still learning, but I love it because I get a chance to talk to you every day about the things that I love when it comes to mind, body, spirit, uh, wellness. So all you have to do is download the Periscope app on your smartphone, your iPhone, your you know Samsung phone, whatever kind of a phone or tablet, um, iPad that you have, and um, then just uh, look for me. Search um, at PhraseWorks or search Linus Woods Mullins, and you will run into my what I call my Wellness Woman 40 and Beyond broadcast. Um, I'll get a chance to share information with uh, all of you about wellness for your mind, body, and spirit with a special emphasis on women over 40, over 50, over 60, and beyond. Also, if you miss some of my Periscope, because they're only good for 24 hours, you could go to uh, something called Catch. Catch me, catch.me, and um, there all of my scopes are housed, and you can see them. And I'll be posting them on my Facebook, so please take a look at my Facebook. I'll, every day we post six to seven times a day information uh, to help you on your journey to wellness. Just um, put uh, Facebook, PraiseWorks Health Wellness, PraiseWorks Health Wellness, and that will guide you to all kinds of free information on how you can get well and stay well for your mind, body, and spirit. You're listening to Linus from Praise Works and Wellness Woman 40 and Beyond e-magazine. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you again next time. Thank you for joining us on the Wellness Journey Live with Linus Woods Mullins. We hope you have enjoyed our show and look forward to the opportunity to share with you more information that will help you along your journey to total wellness for the mind, body, and spirits.